I think it's really important to be who you are, have a growth mindset, and like I said earlier, learn and discern, and relationships the key. That was today's guest, educator, coach, and mentor, Kate Hinton, and you're listening to episode number 10 of the Teacher's Guide podcast. Gentlemen, what are the four pillars? Now, you all remember how scary your first days in school were. Hello and welcome to the Teacher's Guide podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Zach Woodward. I'm a primary school teacher from Brisbane, Australia, and I will be your host each week. The aim of this podcast is to provide information and experiences that will help all teachers to thrive in their role, particularly aimed at beginner teachers and those who are aspiring to one day join the teaching profession. We like each episode to be short and to the point, so let's get into it. Today's guest, Kate Hinton, has what I consider to be a very exciting job. She works for Brisbane Catholic Education as an education officer for early career teachers. So it's her role to drive around to schools and to coach and mentor early career teachers. So when I saw her on LinkedIn, I thought to myself, I need to get this person on the podcast. And she very generously came on the podcast. We had a brilliant chat and she shared lots of her pearls of wisdom with us. I started off the interview by asking Kate to tell us a bit about her teaching journey and to tell us how she ended up where she is today, mentoring early career teachers. Um, Okay, so I've been uh, teaching for 17 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, I graduated and went overseas and I taught in England two weeks after graduating actually and I taught in a a first school so that's nursery to year three but I taught essentially our prep one, two, three in a school over there for about 15 months. Um, I came back here to Brisbane and I have since worked in a number of schools in low socioeconomic areas, um, mm. particularly around poverty and the marginalised. Yep. Um, I've worked with um, in schools where it's a very high number of re- refugees yep. um, and English as second language, mm. kids from trauma, mm-hmm. uh, Indigenous children. Mm-hmm. And my work around that was around attendance, so actually getting them to school, teaching mm-hmm. them some life skills, looking at their social, emotional um, self-regulation, their self-awareness, and basically, yeah, getting them to school and staying at school, their sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. And then I've also worked in a school where a high number of children with learning disabilities and challenges. Mm. Um, we've done some acting APRE work, done mm-hmm. some acting principal work. Mm. And coming up to four years ago, I came into the office as an education officer for curriculum. Mm-hmm. So worked predominantly around literacy and numeracy strategy for the system and supporting teachers with that. Mm. And now I'm an education officer for early career teachers. So I've got about 70 schools and oh, from first to third year teachers are probably about somewhere around the 400, 500 mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with them, I work with companion teachers, and I work with leadership teams. Yeah, excellent. Oh, it sounds like a great mix of skills you have there. That's, that's brilliant. And when I, when I hear your career journey, I work with a few teachers who've been teaching for a long time as well. And when I first started out, I couldn't help but feel intimidated. And I, I'm sure that some other early career teachers might feel the same. So in the first few years of teaching, 
what can an early career teacher do to, to have confidence in their role and not be intimidated by the teachers around them? Yeah, okay. So first of all, they shouldn't be intimidated. Mm. <laughs> That's number yep. one. Because they're not expected to know everything. Um, we're, we're teachers. We're all teachers. We're all learners. And I always say to people, you're, the, you're in your workplace to learn and discern from the day that you start to the day that you finish. So if you go in with that mindset of I am a learner too and I don't know everything and I probably will never know everything but I can learn bits and bobs along the way, it's about then working alongside experienced teachers. So embrace their knowledge and their skills and the experience that they've had before them because many educators certainly don't believe that the amount of time they've been teaching that they're an expert or some kind mm. of guru. And mm. education has changed so rapidly in, in the last 20 years, it's been in three different phases since I've been in it, um, mm. that they're growing and learning too. So they probably feel just as intimidated, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always talk to teachers about being open. So yeah. communicate that. It's okay to say to someone, I haven't seen or done that before. Can you please show me or talk yeah. me through it? Yeah. You know, um, it's about building a professional relationship with, with experienced teachers mm. while still maintaining your own identity, which takes a long time to develop. Mm. Um, but you don't need to be like the teacher next door. Yeah. You don't have to copy them. So take your time with that and be vulnerable. Um, yes. Talk about your mess ups. Talk about the successes. Take, talk about um, the lessons that just went completely pear-shaped, but yeah. talk about and celebrate success as well so that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're, yeah, you're putting yourself out there to work mm. alongside people. Yes, yes. And in your experience, are most, are most teachers happy to help out early career teachers when they come to them for help? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, I think there, there are some teachers who, you know, even after many years of teaching still feel quite overwhelmed, you yeah. know, um, and so they may not have the time, but they're really open saying, look, I'd love to do this, but I haven't got the time at the moment. But if, mm. if there's something I can offer at points in time, please come and use me. Um, mm. But most people are very happy to give back because we were all mm. graduates at some stage too. Yes. And yeah. I think... The biggest thing for what we call companion teachers is you're not telling at, you're not telling them to do, you're absolutely walking alongside them and facilitating their growth. And in that time between graduating uni in what, October of the year before and then starting in February or late January, how can a graduate or, or early career teacher in the first few years set themselves up for success? Are there any little things that they, that we can do to set ourselves up for success from the beginning? Yeah, look, um, I think it's about being school ready. Mm. So it's having a, it's making sure that you're making contact with the school and being able to have access to the school portal. Yeah. Um, if you're or a part of a wider system, having access to that so that you can learn the way that um, the organisation does their teaching and learning strategy. So mm-hmm. you, you've got those expectations there. Mm. Um, I think, you know, it's important to perhaps get to know some team members. So mm-hmm. touching base via email and, 
catching up for a coffee. Yeah. But it's about being planned and organised. Mm. You know, you, you, you can't turn up, I don't feel, my own opinion, you can't turn up on day one of those professional learning days having not entered the school grounds yet. No. No, I think it's good to scope the landscape and yep. get a sense of, uh, of, of people. And I guess that brings me to before school starts is to try and build some positive relationships within yep. the school community, even though your students and parents aren't there yet. Mm. Um, listen to what's going on around you. Get to know the different types of listening, um, mm. particularly active and deep listening. Yes. Um, I think that's really important. Um, and I think you need to be on top of behaviour policies and processes within the school so that when you do start, you can explicitly teach these mm. in your classroom mm. um, alongside getting to know the learning behaviours of children, the different learning styles of children, mm-hmm. um, allowing yourself the time to identify your own style of teaching I mm. think as well is really important. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you're you're in there as a graduate, often you're there three weeks before, you know, the 5th of January, yeah. and you're setting up your classroom and yeah. um, have your door open. Just be open to conversation. Yeah. Walk around and talk to other people. Find out their prior experiences. Yeah. You know, I think that's really important. Um, but just as important is not to get caught up in gossip, clicks, um, you know, if that kind of stuff is present in the school community, then you certainly need someone who can help support you in that. Mm. Um, staying out of it is, is crucial as well. So yeah. get to know your content. Yep, yep, yeah, for sure. Can I ask you about that, about uh, the culture of gossip that happens in staff rooms? And every workplace in every industry it happens, but in a staff room... Uh, if if that's the way people, some people bond, and an early career teacher might feel like they don't want to be, you know, on the outer, and they feel like they have to get involved in the gossip, or oh, geez, leadership don't do this, the principal doesn't do this. How can an early career teacher avoid that click of gossip, but still assert themselves as someone in that community? I think it's about being really cognizant of um, the place that you're in at that moment in time. So if you're a part of, if you're standing around or sitting around and there's a conversation happening that you're not comfortable with, mm. then it's time to move. Yep. Um, you know, the, as when you just start, you're probably not brave enough to voice, you know, that's not okay, we shouldn't be talking about that. Because, mm. But I think removing yourself from that scenario, mm. um, seeking support from a critical other, Mm-hmm. in the school around that um, because, of course, some people have been in schools for, oh, I know of teachers who have graduated and are still in the same school that they've got their first job at. Yes. So yeah. that's 25 years for some people. Yeah. So um, I, I think it's really important to be who you are, have a growth mindset and, like I said earlier, learn and discern mm. and relationships the key. Mm. Um, it only takes you to mess that up once, make mm. a comment that someone else takes offence to, and you've got a lot of bridges to build to get get back to where you need to be yes. because you are there to teach children. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> um, are. So that's that's your, actually your priority mm. Um, mm. and it's to build those relationships with children, with parents, 
and staff. So yeah. be kind, be positive, be respectful, be mindful of when you need to stay out. Yes. And yep. seek advice when needed. You are listening to episode number 10 of the Teacher's Guide podcast, a conversation with educator, coach, and mentor, Kate Hinton. Now, something that a lot of teachers struggle with is parent communication. And so I asked Kate to tell us a bit about how teachers, especially early career teachers, can get on the front foot with parent communication. I think it needs to be genuine. Mm. I think it needs to be regular. And it needs to be in various forms. So open door policy. But around particular protocols and expectations of when you're available. Simple things like, you know, one morning a week being at the gate, greeting kids into the gate and waving to parents and drop off Mm. starts to build a relationship. Um, Sending home things like uh, little happy notes. So-and-so did this today. Great. That starts communication. Mm -hmm. You know, communication books for kids who might need some more explicit help around behavioural learning. Mm. Uh, Emails, Mm -hmm. not always emails. Um, I used to like making a phone call a couple of times a term and not about negative things, about positive things. Just want to read say the last three weeks, little George has been doing this and I'm so proud of him. Mm. You know, be making sure that you go and talk to parents on the Oval for Athletics Days or cross country. It's, it's intentionally making the effort to get to know people, yep. I think, because relationship is everything. Yes, definitely. And those positive phone calls and those positive emails make it so much easier to then, if need be, send a negative email or uh, just a heads up, little Johnny did this today. It makes It, it builds a much better relationship. Absolutely. And it's always, mm. I always like the language of we're working together. I'd like to work with you on this. Can you come and sit down and let's work out a plan so mm. that's best for you, George? So it's um, it's always a doing this together. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that, that's great advice for getting on the front foot early with, with parents. And how about your work at the moment? Could you tell us a bit about what you do with early career teachers when you go and meet with them? Yeah, I, look, I love the position I'm in because it mm. offers a plethora of things and I'm a very uh, social person, yep. <laughs> so I like to get out and about and meet new people all the time. Yeah. Um, look, a few things that I do pretty regularly is that um, I make sure we've, we've got school visits. So I try to get to every school at least two to three times a year mm-hmm. um, for face-to-face visits with ECTs either individually, in a group. Um there could be mentoring, coaching. Mm. I could be helping with the literacy or numeracy planning. Mm-hmm. I could be doing some classroom observations to help the ECT if they invite me in. Um, I'll offer feedback when invited. Mm. I might help steer them in the direction of some resources that yeah. they might need, and it could be professional learning uh, podcasts. Yes. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> definitely check-ins around well being Mm. um so definitely all those sorts of things helping them with um any questions they have around their qct registration and their folio professional goal setting how to approach particular conversations and sometimes teachers just need to download so i can be there for that so for me um you know i have a lot of teachers but 
I'm very open to contact me any time of day. Mm. Um, and there's particular protocols I have in place with that. Mm. I will answer phone calls and emails to ECTs above certain normal work times yeah. because generally when those ones come in, they're teachers who are highly anxious or overwhelmed mm. um, and sometimes to the point of I don't want to go to school the next day. So yeah. sometimes I just need to have a phone call at 9 yeah. o'clock at night, listen mm. and help them with the strategy for the next day. Yeah, good. So that happens. Um, I also work alongside leadership teams in schools mm. um, and help them facilitate the, the growth for their ECTs so that yep. we can keep our ECTs in our schools and our systems. Yeah. Again, that's working alongside them. Uh, I work alongside what we call companion teachers. So yes. they're uh, essentially what some systems would call a mentor, but yep. it's more than mentoring. Mm. Um, to help, just help with their capacity in supporting ECTs. Mm. I have set up uh, what I call ECT connect groups via teams. So right. strategically put particular groups of teachers together. We catch up via uh, Teams video every few weeks. It can be as formal or informal as they like, yeah. but it's really just about networking and connecting and talking about their work. Mm. Um, but I do that with companion teachers as well um, in how they're working. And I'm currently trying to build a network of companion teachers who um, can then take over what I'm doing with ECTs with the video networking. So they yeah. start to lead a group of ECTs in that conversation. Yeah, brilliant. Um, but generally, regular contact. Um, yeah. I personalise things from the chat on yeah. Teams and video, um, but yeah, it, it, it's really it's regular contact, and um, I'm always happy to catch up very early before school or late after school for a coffee and a talk yeah. through if that's what they need. Yeah. Um, or visit someone in their non-contact, and we go for a walk and we try and hash something out. Yep. Um, so that's predominantly yeah. the work. Yeah, good. Well, like, there's lots of things there that it sounds like they're common issues that ECTs have. And so it sounds like there's some common things you're addressing there. In in particular, can I ask you one thing? Every year, uh, for the first probably three or four years after I finished uni, I was part of a Facebook group with all the graduates from my cohort. And around September, October, all the comments would start coming in going, I don't know if I have a job next year. My contract's up. I, I don't know if I found a job yet. Is that a common stress that you hear from early career teachers? Absolutely, it is. Mm. Absolutely, those contracts. So that probably starts the end of term two, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that occurs. Mm. And, you know, we all know things have dramatically changed this year with yeah. staff funding in schools. So I think yeah. the stress level's even higher this year. Yeah. Look, I uh, have just put one big very simple little strategy in place. I have encouraged, it's not mandated, I've encouraged all ECTs to hop on LinkedIn to be reading articles, uh, listening and learning and discerning again, Zach, mm, yeah. <laughs> other educators, um, keeping up to date with what's happening in the world of education and beyond. Yeah. Um, you know, potentially when they feel confident enough they can be posting some of their own thoughts yep. because um, if they comment on something that I've put up as well, I think that helps them to see other people and yes. build their network. Yeah. And I think it's a good way for ECTs to sort of um, put themselves out there a yeah. little bit as well. I mean, 
people like you and Isaac, you know, mm. we'd have connections with many principals, mm. <laughs> many mm. leadership teams, um, a number of employers. Mm. So I think if people, are, if ECTs are sort of, you know, steering them in the right direction and the right people to be mm. following and get to know what's out there, I, I, uh, I think the, the more you look around and open your eyes and keep your door open, yeah. opposed to staying in your silo of your own school, yes, um, is is definitely the best way to be. Yes. Yeah, because because in our because in in most industries, networking is a commonly spoke about thing where it's a good thing to network. But in education, networking is almost seen as a bit of a dirty word. Like, oh, I don't want to put myself out there. I, I don't really want to go and. Um, email principals or other teachers, but it, it does work, doesn't it? If you build a good network, it, it increases your chances of finding a contract somewhere else. It's absolutely about being courageous, Zach, mm. because um, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. Educators in particular don't necessarily like to put themselves out there. And I think that's because um, they feel that perhaps there's a lot of judgment coming their way. Yes. You know, because you see the people who people call gurus and mm. keynote speakers and you yeah. say, well, I don't know enough about that, so I can't put my stuff out there. No, <laughs> you know? yeah. But, I think it's it's really we've really got to flip that. Everyone's mm. got something to offer. Yes. You can take bits from people. You can offer bits to people. Um, and I think we just need to be really cognizant that we yes. are all learners. That's yes. what education's about. Yes. So be that little bit vulnerable. Mm. It's okay to comment on someone else in education on LinkedIn and say, mm-hmm. "Great work, well done." Mm. That's all it takes to get started and just build your confidence Yes. In, in that manner. But, you know, the ECT Connect groups that we've got via um, Teams video, you know, I've got people in the South Burnett and Wide Bay who are connected with people in the metro areas of Brisbane. Mm. So they're really getting to know others and getting to know other schools and mm. contexts. And um, I think that's really important too because, you know what it's like in a school. Someone will often say, "Oh, I need a. We, someone's going on maternity leave. We need a teacher. Does someone yes. know somebody?" Yeah. Can you recommend so someone? Yep. Yeah. It only takes a, someone on your staff to go. Yeah. Actually, I've been talking to this ECT, and their contract ends in June. Yeah. They're looking yep. for a position, and this, 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 and this. Yeah. So yeah. 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 No. Great. Yeah. Network and LinkedIn is just incredible for the amount of like that's actually how i came across you kate because someone that i went to uni with commented on one of your things and yeah the, the network of teachers out there is huge it's huge so yes i love it absolutely yeah that's a good idea create a linkedin profile i like that yeah. um and oh one little bit to that is you know mm. the little smarty on your email or mm. on your linkedin it needs to be a photo of yourself yes yes and so not not a dog or a beach no, or a flower, or mm-hmm. a coffee cup, or yep. with wine in my hand. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. So get a good headshot. There we go. And and it's not hard to do that now. No. Yeah. <laughs> And so, Kate, we do like to finish each episode with a little uh, just general piece of advice from you because, you know, not everyone has time to listen to the whole episode. So, I'll, I'll type this in the show notes. But that would be if if a graduate teacher came to you uh, and said, I start a brand new contract for the first ever time next week as a teacher, what advice can you give to me? What would you say? All right, I've got three things. Okay. Good. First one is smile 
mm-hmm. and be welcoming to parents, children, and staff. Mm-hmm. They're welcoming you. You be a person of welcome too. Mm. So smile and welcome. The next one is take it slow. Soak up what's going on around you. Get to know the context of the school. You don't mm-hmm. need to know everything now. It just goes slow and steady. Mm-hmm. The last one is be planned and prepared but flexible. Yes. Um, this is a crucial time to get you know your children and build strong relationships um, and for them to have some of that explicit teaching on how your classroom may operate before you're getting to your curriculum per se. Mm-hmm. So smile and be a person of welcome. Take it slow and steady but soak up what's around you and be planned and prepared but flexible. Excellent. Those are three very doable um, pieces of advice and I'll put them in the show notes of this episode for sure. Well, Kate, thank you so much for this conversation. I've certainly enjoyed it. I've got a whole page of notes here that I've written down and a few things I'm going to put into my classroom in the next few weeks. But thank you for what you've shared. I'm, I'm sure lots of teachers will find it very useful. Oh, thank you, Zach. I, I feel very privileged to um, to do this work alongside you and um, be very happy to come and see your classroom someday too. Yes. Come yeah. and meet your kids. Love yeah. meeting new people. Yeah. No, that'd be great. That'd be great. In fact, I, I, uh, I'm trying to make my classroom look better. For the last few years, I've been told I have a bloke's classroom with nothing pretty on the walls. So uh, I'll, I'll make it, I'll get it nice and pretty and then you can come see it. Do you know what I say to that? It's about authentic learning, Zach. If I yeah. walk into your room and I'm seeing butcher's paper and blue tackle on the walls with kids learning, that's yeah. authentic learning and kids have ownership over that and they're mm. using that as the third person in the classroom. Yes. I don't want to come in and see your laminated Pinterest pretty stuff yeah. that has no meaning yeah. what you're no. contextually working and teaching. Yes, yes. Oh, that's good. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Well, hopefully, in fact, one of the things you brought up was well-being for teachers. So I might get you on um, again sometime to talk about that because it sounds like you've got lots of good tips for well-being as well. Pleasure. I'd love to. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Kate. All the best and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Zach. Bye. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you want to get in contact with me here at the Teacher's Guide podcast with questions or with ideas for future episodes, just jump over to theteachersguide.com.au and you will find all of our socials and contact details there. Wherever you are in your teaching journey, I wish you all the best and please join us next week for episode number 11 of the Teacher's Guide podcast.